morning. This morning's reading is from Ezekiel 37, verses one, chapter 37, verse 1 to 10. That's Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 10. That's page 868 in the Church Bibles. Page 868 in the Church Bible. The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Helen. Good uh, morning, everyone. Let me add my own welcome to that which Ruth has already given. My name is Adam. I'm a vicar here. It's great uh, to be speaking on this topic this morning. We're continuing our series uh, thinking... Throwing things on the floor, that's what we're doing today. Uh, We're continuing our series thinking about offering hope. And today, particularly, we're offering hope through prophecy or through uh, the prophetic. Uh, And uh, I'm speaking on prophecy all day. I wasn't due to be. We were due to have a visiting speaker this morning, but they had to uh, pull out. So you've uh, got me instead. Sorry about that. Uh, And uh, I'm speaking both this morning and this evening on this subject. And this morning, I want us to be thinking a little bit about the why of prophecy. Why do we have prophecy? Why do we uh, hear God's voice? And this evening, we'll be thinking more about the how. Um, This evening is our School of Prayer, the second session of that. You're really welcome to join us. It starts at seven o'clock. There's usually donuts from half six, uh, and we'd love for you to join us for that. The talks are recorded. Rachel began it last week. It's online. You can listen to it if you're not able to make it, but do uh, try and join us, as I say. So this evening, we're thinking more about the how this morning, more the why. Before we do any of that, uh, let's just take a moment to pray. 
Gracious Lord, we praise you for your word. We praise you for the ways that your word speaks to us. We praise that your word is living and active in our lives. And Lord, we pray this morning that you would meet with us afresh in this place. That you would bring your word alive to us. And that we would hear you and know you. And know your presence here. Come Holy Spirit amongst us we pray. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Some questions for you as we get thinking about this topic then. So what are your perceptions at the moment about prophecy? What do you believe its purpose to be, I wonder? Is it an active part of your daily prayer life? Is it something that, to use Paul's Paul's words in Corinthians, that you are eagerly desiring? Is it something that you've had a bad experience of in the past, perhaps, and are therefore wary about it? Is it something that you could take or leave uh, and are not overly interested in it? Just as you think about uh, your own perception and where you are uh, today, I want to tell you um, a little bit about my own calling to ordain ministry. I recognize I've told some of you this story uh, before. Forgive me for repeating a story, but there's a reason for it. Um, I announced when I was uh, two and a half years old that I wanted to be a vicar. And, uh, uh, and in fact, wanted to be Archbishop of Allenby. That's what I announced. Uh, Allenby is a very tiny village on the west coast of Cumbria, uh, where my family had a holiday home. Uh, there's no archbishop's area uh, covering that, so um, I think I didn't quite understand what they did. Definitely don't want to do that now. Uh, but that was what I announced at the end of two and a half. And all the way through my childhood, I felt like um, I was going to be ordained. And at the age of 16, went to uh, the diocese and went through the various tests and things, the things that Sam has just gone through. Um, uh, And rather than the yes that Sam has got, they said, no, go away and do something else for a bit. Uh, You're far too young. Uh, We'll uh, go and get some life experience before you do this. And I took that quite hard, if I'm honest. I didn't fall out with God over it, but I fell out with the church over it. And I moved and I started doing some other things and I stopped uh, attending church for a little while. And um, over a couple of years, that that was part of my life and part of my story. And then I just was feeling this niggle that something was missing in my life. I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew that there was something missing in my life. Now, I'd grown up in a church, my parents, both Christians, uh, uh, but we grew up in a church where hearing God speak was definitely not something that we would expect uh, as part of uh, the nature of things, not particularly anyway. And um, I had this sort of niggle in me, and I thought, well, I'll go to church. And I looked up on the internet. There were two churches. It was a June, July date, July date, end of July. And I went to one church, and there was a sign on the door, and it said, no service today. Uh, please go somewhere else. Uh, we're all at a conference. Which I later discovered was New Wine. Um, we're not closed when New Wine is on. That church was. Uh, so I thought, no problem. I'll drive along the road, go to the next church along. And I went, and there was a very stressed-looking uh, warden. Our wardens never look stressed, so that's good. There was a very stressed-looking warden at the door and said, the vicar's ill. There's no service. You can come in and pray if you want to, but I'm going home. Uh, and I went, fair enough. Maybe I won't. 
go to church then. Uh, and I went home and I had an afternoon uh, bath. Uh, I very highly recommend Sunday afternoon baths. They're a great part of uh, ministry and life. Uh, and I was in the house on my own in the bath. And the one, probably one of only a couple of occasions in my life, I heard what I now know to be the audible voice of God say, nonetheless, you will go to church today. And I was a bit terrified, truthfully, because I was, there's no one else in the house. What on earth was that? I got out the bath, looked, there was no one in the house. It was definitely God. And I looked for a, an evening service, and where I was living at the time in Cheshire, there weren't very many evening services. And I ended up in this small country parish church, which was humongously wide, you can imagine it, I'm sure, um, where I sat at the f- side with what I usually say two ladies and a cat. Um, there were two ladies, there was no cat. Uh, that was literally, the three of us were the only congregation. And the vicar went to the front to lead this evensong service, and I sat thoroughly grumpy, and under trying to work out why on earth I was in this place. Uh, and the vicar, bless him, got up to speak and said, I'm due to speak to you from our passage in Micah, Micah 6, in fact, uh, this morning, uh, this evening. But as I was praying in my study this afternoon, the Lord spoke to me and told me I need to talk to you about the life and work of a priest. I really hope that's of some help to one of the people here. As he looked up, bless him, to these two elderly ladies, neither of whom uh, went to be ordained, both are now with the Lord. Why do I tell you that story? For some of you, why do I tell you that story again? Because for me, that was the first time that I heard God's voice in the prophetic. I heard God speak. And that's one of the only couple of occasions that I've heard the audible voice of God. But for me, I spent my whole Christian life, Christian walk up until that point, not hearing God speak. And from that point, I had another experience, which you do know I've told again, um, where God continued to speak to me to the point where now I firmly believe that hearing God's voice should be our expectation and not our exception. Hearing God speak to us should be our expectation and not our exception. In Ephesians, Paul lists, do you remember, the people that are called. Some are called to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Now, I think most of us in the room don't believe that all of the caring for one another is the responsibility of the pastors in the room, is it? We don't just go, we don't need to care for each other. We'll just leave the three or four people who are called to be pastors to do the caring for each other. No, we know that we are, as followers of Christ, called to care and to love one another, don't we? Most of us probably accept, uh, however scary it might be, that those that are called, it's not just those that are called to be evangelists who are called to share their faith. We might not do it in quite the same way, but we're all called to share something of our faith uh, with those people that we meet. It's exactly the same uh, with prophecy. It's not the prophet's principal job to sit at the end of the big white telephone and say, Lord, what are you saying here? What is the principal job of all of these peoples? Well, that verse is in Ephesians goes on and tells us. It says, the Lord calls some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, to equip his people. That's you and me. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of our God. Hearing God's voice should be our expectation and not 
our exception. And there are so many ways in which uh, we can do that. And as I say, that will be the focus of this evening's talk in the how we hear God's voice. Principally, we hear it through this. He's always uh, word. Other copies uh, are available. But I want to just focus uh, in the next few minutes on why we hear God's voice. And that's why I chose this passage for us uh, this morning. I love this passage. It is one of power. It is one of excitement. What it isn't is it's not some form of Christian or Jewish fortune telling, uh, as it were. That's not what prophecy is about. Prophecy is about power. Prophecy brings hope. Just let's read those verses again if you've got them in front of you. Um, from, the, from verse 1. Don't won't read them all, but just a few of them. Ezekiel speaking. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And he, I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. It's a good good answer to a question from the Lord, isn't it? You alone know, Lord. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Moving verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them the Lord called him to prophesy and as he prophesied the work of the Lord was being able to be seen around him most of you know I'm currently doing a master's um, in uh, charismatic and Pentecostal theology doing my dissertation on Matthew 18 18 which in the NIV is whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In fact, the NIV is a little bit of a poor translation because the better translation of those words are will have been. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Exactly what Ezekiel is seeing in this passage. He is, uh, he is calling Ezekiel to loose the life, the prophetic word over these dry bones. He has shown Ezekiel what he is going to do. And he speaks those words over it and brings those bones to life. It is the power of God at work in this passage. Now, isn't that hopeful? Isn't that prophecy bringing us hope? Now, of course, this isn't the only form of prayer. Intercessory prayer is really important, and we see that through Scripture. I've been reading Numbers 12 again this week. Uh, You'll know the story of Moses and Miriam and Aaron, where Moses intercedes on behalf of Miriam that the Lord would heal her. Of course, intercessory prayer, interceding on behalf of a situation or an individual is important as well. But that's not also the only form of prayer. The Lord calls us to partner with him to see his kingdom come. And I believe that this prophecy can bring hope, hope for our world, hope for our church, and hope for us as individuals. Let's just think about hope for the world for a moment. I wonder how many of you have read uh, this book by uh, Pete Gregg or one of the other books that he's written. He's got plenty of them. Some of them are on the back bookcase at the back there. You're welcome to borrow this if you would like to. Pete, in this book, tells the story of uh, a lady that runs the 24-7 prayer movement in America. 
uh, and she had a phone call from one of her prayer team to say that she'd had a prophetic picture of the Super Bowl, a big championship uh, in America. Uh, and she'd had a picture of the Super Bowl, but the stadium had been filled, was filled with blood. And she didn't quite know what to do with this. And so uh, Deb, the lady that runs 24-7, prayed about it, and she felt the Lord tell her to go and send a team to the stadium to pray over uh, the stadium, to pray protection over the stadium for the, for the Super Bowl. And so she did, she rang a team, she got them to go down, uh, they went down to the car park and they prayed protection over the game. And uh, Deb didn't go, but she watched the game from home and nothing happened at all. The game went by without a hitch, everything was great uh, and all was, all was fine. And she was beginning to feel a little bit foolish uh, for having sent uh, the team down to the stadium in the first place. And then I'm going to read to you. Because then came the news. Media outlets began reporting that behind the scenes, a bloody massacre had been averted. A disturbed 35-year-old named Kurt William Havelock, furious at being denied permission to open a bar, had mailed a series of rambling threats to media outlets the day before the game. Havelock drove himself to the University of Phoenix Stadium, armed with an AR-15 semi-automatic assault rifle and 200 rounds of ammunition. Havelock had no way of knowing that he was parking his car that day in the exact location where the random group of Christians had gathered to pray against the bloodshed. Armed to the teeth and intending to kill as many people as possible, the would-be mass murderer unexpectedly experienced something that he would later describe in court as a change of heart. He broke down in tears and phoned his father, sobbing hysterically, saying, I've done something terribly wrong. Havelock ultimately handed himself into the police without a shot being fired. That is hope for the world, isn't it? It is God using the prophetic and partnering with us in bringing about his kingdom, his, his kingdom purposes. I frequently walk around the boundary of our parish praying for the parish, praying for the streets of our parish do we pray around the streets that we live in or the places that we find ourselves? Do we ask the Lord to reveal to us what's going on in a situation and partner with him in that prayer? Or are we perhaps a bit too busy sometimes? What about hope for the church uh, then, uh, about a month ago or so, we had a team of people come from Oxford Diocese uh, to pray with a few people from uh, this church and to ask uh, the Lord a question. The question was, Lord, when you formed St. Jude's, when you built St. Jude's, when you originally had St. Jude's in mind, what did you long to see at work in the life of this church? And that, the result of that prayer was really encouraging for me. It was encouraging for two reasons. The first is because lots of what was shared by those people who don't necessarily know the church uh, are things that we are already and have already seen in the life of the church. So regularly, we saw a number of people saw the image of a shepherd um, and, and the image of a place that is really caring for and loving the people that come uh, through the doors of this place. And we are a loving and a caring church. We have a reputation beyond the walls of this building as such. They saw a place of vibrancy, a place where people are called from all over the world to worship and to know God's presence here. And we are a place that has people here worshiping with us from all over the world, a place of hospitality, a place of rest, a place of healing, 
Last Sunday evening, um, someone was prayed for after the evening service and saw miraculous healing in their neck. We have seen healing in this place before. This is a place where God wants to bring his healing power. It is part of our heritage. So it was encouraging to see him already at work uh, in the things that he's called us to. But it was also encouraging because there are things that we perhaps don't see in the fullness yet. Perhaps the Lord has called this place a place to be renowned for his presence. A place where people will come knowing that they will meet with him. A place not just as a shepherd but as a warrior, a place that the Lord has called to bring down all sorts of unhealthy spiritual strongholds in our city, a place which is known for making Jesus the heart of South Sea. And again, we're beginning to see some of those things. Perhaps we've seen some of those things more in the past, but God has good purposes, good plans for this place, good designs for this place, good hope for this, his church. I've now lost count of the number of people who've come to me and said that in their prayer times, in their quiet times, they felt the Lord tell them that he's calling us as a church to open our building on a Saturday uh, to offer prayer, offer that restorative building prayer, that wholeness prayer to the people of this city. We may well call it a Hope Cafe. God is showing us what he wants us to do next, what he wants us to do with this place, how he will build his kingdom, just as he does with Ezekiel in this passage. He's doing it with us as his church. But this doesn't just bring hope for the world. It doesn't just bring hope for the church. But it also brings hope for us as individuals as well. You mostly uh, know the story of my calling here uh, to be your vicar. Uh, On Thursday, it will be three years ago, that I read the newspaper telling me about uh, Mike's appointment. Uh, There's a um, WhatsApp message to my prayer triplet, note the date at the top, the 23rd of June, 2019, where I told my prayer triplet I felt the Lord had called me to be uh, the vicar of this place. Over the next uh, year, until I came to interview at the end of July in 2020, the Lord repeatedly reminded me of the call that he'd placed on me to be, come here and to be, to be the vicar. Through various people, through various pictures, through various words. I've shared uh, some of those with you uh, in the past. I don't know whether I've told you this before. I know I've told the evening service. Forgive me if I have. But on the day of the interviews at the end of July 2020, I woke up in the morning and I said, okay, God, it's D-Day. And uh, I began to pray. And God said, Adam, it's not D-Day, it's VE Day, because the victory is already won. You just need to declare it. And so with a couple of friends, we prayed together and we declared the promises that God had declared over me over that year. And we prayed, Lord, thy kingdom come Thy will be done. This brings hope to us as individuals. Prophecy brings hope to us as individuals. Now that was a specific thing for my calling on, uh, particularly for this place, but he does it, uh, he does that for us as well. He has specific callings for which we can have hope, but he also calls us as his children, as his loved children. Uh, under the centers of the chairs, there are piles of these birthright cards. I've given these out before. I don't know if those are on the ends. Could give them out. There are enough for everybody, uh, just to, so you've all got a copy. If you look under your chair, you might find them, uh, just to make sure. Now, I have given these out before, and I wonder, 
where yours are if you've had them uh, in the past at the moment. Uh, those of you who have them on a mirror uh, or in your Bibles uh, win some brownie points. Those of you who, a bit like me, the first time I was given it, put it uh, somewhere, can't quite remember where, uh, then that's all right. That's why you've got another one here. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We are a new creation in Christ. How many of us feel like a new creation this morning, I wonder? Those words of Paul from Corinthians are true. They are truth. We are a new creation, but they are becoming more of a truth in our lives. Romans 12 puts it slightly differently. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That be transformed is a continuous article. It is something that is to continue to do. We are to continue to be transformed by God, continue to be transformed into uh, the likeness of Christ. This card is full of statements that are completely true right now of every single one of the people in this room, if you call Jesus Lord. But they are also to become true in the greater sense. They are prophetic words over our lives that we can walk into and step into and know Jesus is and God's hope in our lives. And we'll need to do a few things with them. Firstly, we'll need to believe them as true. Secondly, we'll need to pray. And thirdly, we will need to walk in this new life, walk in this new truth, it's new creation. I'd love to encourage you this week to take this card again and to put it somewhere slightly more obvious if you haven't already. Again, well done to those of you who already have. And to ask the Lord to speak to you about which one you find most difficult to accept. And then to declare it and to think about what life would look like if that were to be a part of who you are and who God has called you to be. Because prophecy is not some sort of Christian fortune telling. It's not for the few, it is for all of God's people. Prophecy is a way of knowing God's kingdom well and enabling us to pray as we're commanded, your kingdom come, your will be done. And prophecy brings us hope. Hope for his world, hope for his church, and hope for us as individuals. Will you stand with me and I'll pray for us as the band come back. I wonder if you, I realize some of you just put it down, but would you pick up that birthright card and have it in your hand, please, for a moment? Let's just pray for a moment and we'll use these cards in a second. Gracious Lord, we praise you that you do speak to your children. We praise you that you long for us to hear and to know your voice. We praise you that you have spoken, you are speaking, and that you will speak. Lord, for, the, for those of us in the room who still need to eagerly desire. Would you help us, Lord, to eagerly desire 
more of your gifts at work in our lives, especially prophecy. For those of us who struggle to turn everything else down in order to hear you and to hear your voice, would you move in your power and would you give us wisdom pray particularly for those who are currently still there thinking I'm not sure I've ever heard God speak but I'd really like to will you pray with me Lord Jesus would you open the eyes of my heart that I would know and hear your voice praise you that your word is mighty and strong that your word is powerful Lord would you open our eyes to the power that is available as Ephesians 1 says that same power that raised Christ from the dead would we know that power Lord Jesus Would we see what you are doing amongst us? Would we hear your voice? Would we be led to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done? And would we know who you have called us to be as your children? Presuming you still have the card in front of you, I wonder if you would just look at it and focus on one particular promise. And in your mind, say that promise out loud to the Lord a few times. the service as we were praying we had three pictures I'd like to share with you the first was a fine rain coming down and permeating us that the Holy Spirit would come and permeate our very being 
Lord, we pray that, that we would know your Holy Spirit. We then have the, a word or the picture of a, of a dove coming and but it needing a place to land. Lord, would you open our minds and our hearts to be ready to receive you this morning? And lastly, a picture of a very old tree, but with brand new blossom appearing on it. And the Lord saying, I am bringing new life and new fruit. I constantly bring new life and new fruit. grateful to the Lord for the wind outside that's moving the building at times. Lord, we pray that you would blow that wind in us. That we would know your power in us. Lord, we pray that you would blow that power over your church. In a moment, we're going to sing a song, which is a song of worship, but also a prayer. A prayer that this place would be a house of healing, a house of worship. A place where we are known as a warrior church, as well as the shepherd church. Lord, as we worship, as we sing, would you continue to move in us and through us? We pray your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord Jesus.